Gerald Harrison is the Director of Athletics for Austin Peay State University. He joins Charlie and Katie to talk about the Govs' big game opening up the college football season and the process of deciding how to proceed with a season during a pandemic. He also talks about how the new head coach is adjusting to this unusual season. All in this episode of Clarksville's Conversation. Hi, this is Katie Gamble here with my friend Charlie Kuhn for another episode of Clark Soul's Conversation. And um, our guest has been extremely busy this summer, hasn't he, Charlie? He, he has. And, you know, fall is a big time for collegiate sports. And it's great to have someone that is living it, breathing it, and probably struggling through it a little bit. But we'd like to welcome <laughs> The athletic director for Austin P. State University, Mr. Gerald Harrison. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I hope you guys are doing are doing well and really glad to be a part of your podcast. Absolutely. So I know, yeah, I know you've been busy though, like the past few months leading up to it, but this week must be extremely crazy since Austin P's kicking off the football season. I mean, aren't they like one of the first college teams to play? We are the first college football game of the season. Uh and, uh, you know, my luck, we, we're going to break the ice on the football season and actually go play in the remnants of a hurricane. So we were trying to get all the things. Oh, we're, well, trying to get all, we're trying to get it all done at one time. So we are busy, uh, but really excited about playing on national television on ESPN and, and uh, getting the opportunity to display Austin P on a, na- on a national stage. Well, I know, uh, I know everybody, I speak for everybody because football is just part of fall and to not have football in the fall is just unacceptable. So I guarantee that there'll be a lot of viewers, even people who didn't even know they were Austin P fans this weekend. Yeah. Well, I believe that. I think we're going to get an opportunity to educate a lot of people. You know, one of the things we run into on the recruiting trail is that Austin, people think Austin P because of the name Austin is in Texas. So one thing they'll know by the time they finish the broadcast is that Austin P is in Clarksville, Tennessee and in Montgomery County. And uh, that'll help us out a lot just to get that, just to spell that rumor. I guarantee it will. Hey, tell us, I know, you know, fall sports has been a big topic uh, uh, with the NCAA and of course, Ohio Valley Conference. Tell us a little bit about that process, what you had to go through to get where we are today. It's, it's really been a long process that started uh, back in March. Uh, honestly, when uh, the NCAA tournament was suspended and then the questions came, what was going to happen with fall sports? And, you know, we went through a period of time uh, where everything looked, looked like it was going much better than it ended up. And we thought it would just be normal and we'll get fans back in the stands. We knew we'd have to do some testing and some things like that, but we thought it would, we would be basically back in the fort. And, uh, and, and playing football, uh, then, you know, after the 4th of July, things kind of took another turn. Uh, well, not 4th of July. I guess Memorial Day was the first one. Took another turn. And um, uh, then we had to react, react. And I'm actually on an NCAA committee that deals with all sports as far as the championships are concerned. And once the NCAA made a decision to go away from fall championships uh, as planned, we knew that uh, fall sports were in jeopardy. Then from a OVC standpoint, the decision was had to be made of what sports to play. And it was a battle. I mean, a pretty significant argument between institutions because everybody's got different opinions. Uh, and, and the ADs were split. And then if the ADs are split, you can pretty much guarantee that the presidents are split and they make the final decision. Uh, it took them two days, uh, over two days of meetings, but they made a decision that we would play non-conference football in the fall. And... Uh, 
uh, unfortunately, you know, we're not playing any other sports in the fall. They've all been moved to the spring, uh, which was not what we wanted. Uh, that was not where our vote went, but that was the decision of the conference. And obviously, we, as a member, we will support that. So now, uh, Coach Lovings is taking over during, you know, a pretty uncertain time having to deal with, you know, COVID issues and safety of the players. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, what that's been like for him, what he brings to Austin P. And then also, I heard that you have those players kind of under a bubble this week. <laughs> so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, um, Coach Lovings, I guess this is probably the worst situation to start your uh, – your first head coaching opportunity. Uh, COVID's been a lot for all of us, you know, trying to the testing protocols, the changes to our practice schedule and things like that, but he's adjusted well. One of the reasons that we selected him to be our interim coach is because the players had a lot of respect for him. The coaching staff did. Uh, and, and then he's very even keeled. Uh, and he's a very positive person, uh, but very even keeled, doesn't get too high, too low. And that's the kind of, steady leadership we need during this time. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that's been good. I mean, he's been really good during this time, but it has been tough and it's wearing on him just like it wears on our players and our, and our staff. Uh, I think him and the athletic trainer probably have not slept at all <laughs> since we got back to, got back to practice. And you're exactly right, Katie. They're, they're in a bubble um, as much as we can. School started on Monday. Um, and it's, it's a hybrid. Some are online, you know, some classes are online, but we, uh, we tell them where to go and where to be. And, and at night we hope that they're where they're supposed to be, but we check in with them and do all that kind of stuff to let them, they want to play. I say, if you want a chance to play the game, you got to, you kind of got to withdraw yourself from, uh, the normal welcome back to school activities, we'll say. So, well, the, whole, the whole country's watching to see how this plays out. So it's extremely important that it plays out successfully. Yeah, a lot of pressure in that regard. I mean, uh, we, we have to do it the right way. Uh, we have our testing. Uh, you have to have tests within 72 hours of the game, and we have that tomorrow. Uh, so that's going to be big. We'll find out who's available to play and to travel down to Montgomery. Uh, but not even beyond that, we got to – uh, the student athletes are going to have to wear a mask on the sideline when they're not in, and the coaches going to have to coach through their mask. And and uh, there's going to be some distancing. The, the sidelines have been spread out even wider than they already been. And so there's a lot of little things that people will, will notice on Saturday on television um, that we're we're going to experience for the first time with them. So the nation will be watching. So t- talk to us a little bit about the football schedule and – why football gets to play, but other sports don't. Because that's, that, that's kind of hard to understand. It, it, it is hard to understand. And one of the more difficult things was trying to explain it to our student athletes, to be honest with you. Uh, it was then, and that's why we were very supportive of continuing fall sports in some capacity, uh, as usual. And obviously it didn't go that way, but that's what we wanted to do. Um, football gets to play essentially – uh, I think you look at it, one, they started early. Most football programs bit, were already back in practice and doing stuff and on campus, so the protocols are already in place. I think people felt comfortable with that. And then there are also guarantee games, uh, and games right. where uh, schools get paid to go see other, you know, go to other places to play. Uh, and those are big parts of people's budgets. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of our athletics budget. Uh, we had a game with Cincinnati that we wanted to play. Uh, and I'm sure there's in other schools and OVC had games like that as well. 
uh, that will help them out. Jacksonville State has Florida State, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and with, with, with everyone losing so much money from the, not having the NCAA tournament, you really can't afford another hit to the budget in this year uh, without it impacting negatively the sport. So some of the sports who are not getting able to pl- not being able to play and, and really frustrated with football playing probably have to look back at their schedule and probably say, well, it's really good football is playing because that won't impact the way we travel in the spring, won't impact the things that they're able to get done because of the generation money generation from football. I've got, I've got a quick follow-up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about the contract games, the, the guaranteed money games, and, and, and you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more. How does that impact Austin Peay's football program and overall sports program if one of those games doesn't happen? Well, uh, greatly. I mean, we look at it every year. Our budget is based off uh, those type games in advance. Men's basketball and football uh, play guarantee games for pretty large sums of money. And that allows us to fund uh, some of the sports that don't necessarily generate that uh, level of revenue. So, sure, some money goes directly into football, but the vast majority of it goes back into funding the athletic department and providing for our other student athletes and sports that may not generate that kind of revenue because our number one goal is to provide a great student-athlete experience for all of our 350 student-athletes. And without games like we're talking about right now, it would be very hard to do that across the board. You know, I was thinking when you were talking a while ago about, you know, football playing with the other sports not, I was thinking, though, you know, this is the first time anyone, whether anyone has ever figured out how to maneuver through a pandemic. And so, if anything, this gives football, that athletic program, a chance to figure out, you know, what the protocol is, how to do it so that the other sports can safely play because this COVID's probably not going to go away for a while. We just need to figure out how to get back to a normal life with it being part of our life. Absolutely. I think we can – I think we're living in a dream world if we think it's all going to go back to where it was pre-March. I think uh, there's going to be a lot of conversations about mass gatherings and wearing face coverings and washing your hands and, uh, and, and hand sanitizer. You know, there's going to be another run on bleach eventually. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> toilet paper, uh, toilet paper for sure. That's gold. <laughs> I mean, like that's going to happen. So we have to do it. Uh, I think we'll be, I, I'm, I'm prayerful that we'll be good on Saturday. I think we'll be better by the time our second game comes around. And I hopefully we do a great job with it where when the other sports start, like basketball and so on, we'll be even better and kind of got this thing down uh, to a little bit more of a science uh, right now. I mean, I tell people all the time, our goal is to mitigate risk. And, and our, our documents are living, breathing documents because every time the CDC changes, my plans have to change. So Yeah. For sure. So you, you just mentioned basketball supposed to start in November. Uh, what, what do you think about that? What, do you think that's going to happen? And also, what do you think about sports that are being moved to spring? How confident, <clears throat> excuse me, how confident are you in that happening? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I am, uh, I don't think basketball season will start when it's originally scheduled. I, I, if you, if you just ask me from what I'm hearing and what I think could happen, I think it could start a little bit later. In the, I don't think it'll start after New Year's, but I can see around Thanksgiving. So that would push back some of the non-conference competitions and, and have an impact there. Um, as far as the spring sports, uh, I mean, the spring sports, fall sports, fall sports playing in the spring, 
Uh, is anybody's guess? I think we will. I think you'll see volleyball. I think you'll see soccer, um, cross country. I think they'll try to get those in in the winter. Uh, it's meaning that cause when you say spring, it's really more the spring semester, yeah. not necessarily okay. the spring season. So I can see you playing a combination of basketball and volleyball together. I can see that happening. Uh, the uh, I think football is going to be a challenge. I want every opportunity to defend the OVC championship that we won last year and. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll have an opportunity to play a, a seven or eight game conference OVC schedule uh, in, in January, February, March, whatever that may look like. Uh, but the reality of it is you got to be very careful not to try to save one season and impact two in the process. And how many games can student athletes play? You know, there are other things other than COVID that impact their lives. Uh, you know, before COVID happened, we were talking about concussions and too much contact and all that kind of stuff. And I think that'll become a part of the national conversation once you start talking about playing football in the spring. And can you really play 20 games in one calendar year or 24 games in one calendar year? I, I, at this speed and this, and this level of contact, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they do it, it will take non-contact practices and some things like that to make it happen. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, your, your guess is as good as mine, to be honest with you guys. Well, it's changing every week, so who knows? Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to ask a question because I'm pretty uneducated and, and I might have read this wrong, the, uh, educated about sports, because I'm probably the least athletic person you guys know. Um, oh, absolutely not. I promise you. No, no. When I was, <laughs> I was trying to play basketball in high school and the coach said, you're really loud. You should just go be a cheerleader. True story. <laughs> yeah. I got you. So anyway, I was reading an article the other day, and I don't understand what that means. So I want you to explain to the, the article says that the NCAA was given the students another year of eligibility. So what mm-hmm. does that mean, and how does that help them? So what that means is basically since this year's kind of screwy with the fall sports, you can say uh, that they they get that year, but they get to play again. So the NCAA okay. gives you uh, every student athlete gets five years to play four uh, okay. for uh, for those years. Basically, what they're saying is this year, regardless of what happens, it does not count against that clock, and they will have the opportunity to play another year. So you essentially end up with six years to play four. You don't ever play over four years, but you, now you get six years instead of five to get them in. Okay. Uh, so that's that's what that means. That's a great question. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Hey, um, are, is Austin P or in in danger of losing any sports permanently due to COVID? Well, hopefully not while I'm the athletic director. The, um, yeah. We don't have – we have no intention on doing that right now. We are honestly at the uh, – we offer the minimum amount of sports to be a Division One institution on the men's side. Um, and so – and from a uh, women's sports standpoint, uh, you know, at Title IX and things like that, we, we are – we're probably looking to add more women's scholarships or maybe potentially a women's sport down the line before we would ever cut, cut those. Um, Good. So, no, we're, that's not a decision we're making. I know that I've gotten that question often yeah. uh, because many large institutions have done that, but they've done it because they had numerous sports. If you look at Stanford, they cut several sports, but they have uh, – but they had a lot of them to cut. I mean, they had 31 sports, and I think they cut themselves down to 20-something, so they're still well over the, the normal number. Well, before, before I have a question in a few minutes, I want to ask about the multi-event purpose center to kind mm-hmm. of finish this out. But before that, is there anything about this upcoming game or fall sports that we're leaving out that you think that people 
should know about? Because I know you guys have just worked tirelessly to make this happen. Well, you know, the number one thing I want to tell uh, people, I think sometimes everybody feels like it's about the money because they think of the larger schools, the Alabamas, the Tennessees, so on. Uh, that's not our situation here. Uh, we are about, at this level, uh, we are about providing opportunities for student athletes to compete. Do we have an opportunity to generate revenue? Sure we do. But that revenue goes right back in our student athletes, and we don't operate as a for-profit type of situation. So you won't – us playing these, these games that we have scheduled this fall, it's not about the cash part of it uh, from doing – like just wanting to hoard money. That's not what we're about and what we're trying to do. This is about – uh, we had we did a vote with our student athletes in football, and they wanted to play. Overwhelmingly, uh, they wanted to play. And so since they wanted to play, President Whiteside and I did what we could to give them that opportunity to play. If they didn't want to and said, girl, we just don't feel good about it, we wouldn't. So their safety and priority comes first. Uh, then we're going to give them the best opportunity we can, and we just really prayerful uh, uh, that it works out. I talk to uh, Pastor Mike Burnett all the time. Uh, at life point, just about, you know, <laughs> help me through this thing uh, yeah. and pray for our student athletes and our people as we do this and, and that we're doing the right thing. And I think we are doing the right thing by our student athletes. It's probably a little more than you wanted in that conversation. No, right? no, no, I think, I think that's good. And um, I think it was very genuine. And I, I, I those kids came there on football scholarships. They want to play football. And I think that it's pretty exciting that a lot of them are going to get to play on national television for their first game. Absolutely. I mean, you've been, both of you've been around here a long time. Think of where Austin P football was. And if somebody told you that we were even invited to play on ESPN, not ESPN Ocho, their legitimate ESPN, the first one, the worldwide leader at nine o'clock Eastern eight o'clock primetime game. You never would have thought about it. This is a – these kids earned this opportunity last year with that outstanding season they had, and I'm glad we'll get the opportunity to let them, uh, let them experience it. I'm excited about that too. So, before we close, everybody's noticing that there is dirt work. Everything's underway downtown with the Multipurpose Event Center. Right. So, talk a little bit about what Austin P's involvement is going to be in that. Well, we're very excited to partner, uh, be a, a tenant, uh, I guess maybe the primary tenant of, uh, of the impact. Uh, we've been great work with those folks, uh, Mayor Durrett, uh, his leadership has been great through this process. And it's, it's a new era for Austin P basketball. And it gives us the opportunity to free up some space that will benefit our other sports here because we're, we're overloaded <laughs> in the done and have very few uh, don't have enough space and we need practice facilities and all that. So you're talking about our men's and women's basketball will be housed down at the impact. They'll have a practice facility there. We'll play our home games in what will be the premier venue, not only in our conference, but a product premier mid mid major v- uh, venue in the country in uh, a great place. It connects downtown again to Austin P like we did with the Jenkins property when the university bought it. Uh, so it just gets, gets us further into the new generation and the next step. Uh, and if we're going to keep increasing our brand, if we're going to keep, uh, keep giving great opportunities to our fans and in the town and student athletes, this is a home run. I guess we're talking about the impact. I should say a slam dunk. Uh, there you go. And, uh, and we're working through the, there's some details that obviously are working out, but there's going to be, very soon here, we're all going to be celebrating, and, and it's going to be awesome. I am, I am really excited about that. 
We're excited about it too. I think it's going to change not only, um, it's not only going to help Austin P, but it's going to change the face of downtown. I think it's. I agree great. with that totally. Um, mm-hmm. I really, I mean, as excited about everything, that, that, that thing is going to be special. Well, congratulations on this game Friday. We're, de- we're definitely going to be watching, or you can listen to it on the radio as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I was wondering whether we we're going to get that in there. Yes. Uh, yeah. you, cannot, you cannot watch it on ESPN, or you can watch it on ESPN and turn the volume down and listen to it on the radio. Hey, Brian Reese and Van Stokes, they, there's nobody more passionate calling those games than those two. So I, I would tell you this. Van Stokes, he is as detailed of a color commentator <laughs> As there is in the country, and he knows what he's talking about. And there's not a lot of those. Yeah. And he knows what he's talking about. So never miss an opportunity to listen to those guys talk football. They get excited. Well, thank you for joining us today. Before we leave, Charlie, do, do we have like a little chant or something we should all do? Well, I, you know, we've got to do our Let's Go Peach. That's right. You think we could do it at the same time, or are we that coordinated? You, you start us. Okay, I'll go one, two, three. Let's, Let's go. go. I knew we wouldn't get it all together. We, we tried, though. <laughs> we tried. It's good. It's good. Hey, thank you for everything you're doing because I know that that's a tough job right now. I know you're making some really tough decisions, and we feel for you, and Charlie and I are here supporting you. We're cheering you on in the background. Thank you guys for your support, and I, we really appreciate that. See you soon. Subscribe to Clarksville's Conversation wherever you get your podcasts. You don't miss out on a single conversation. 